Get your pens and paper ready. It does, you never know. We might be talking about bright lights. We might be talking about rainbow. What do I mean? Chard. You should be growing chard, and we're going to tell you how to grow chard right here today on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening, we're your host, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening where we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Real quick, t-shirts, 25% off, BYG Spring, link down below. Become a patron if you'd like. We would... We love having you with us, and we give two episodes a month just for patrons, and everything else is right here and on YouTube. So come watch us on YouTube. Um, Chard. Yeah. All right. So this is like- This is my sneaky love. You know what? I've seen the love develop. I've seen the relationship mature. You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm really happy about it. All right. So Swiss Chard is a member of the Beat family, right? Like, it makes sense when you think about it. Um, It is- Is that where the colors- Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that where the colors come from? I don't know if that's where the colors come from, but when you look at the leaves of beets compared to the leaves of chard, I mean, they're like fraternal twins for sure. Maybe. Well, they are. I wonder if... I've never eaten a lot of beet leaves. I need to do a comparison and see if they taste about the same. Hmm. I'm going to say yes. Um, all right. Yeah. So, okay. they, when it comes to when to grow... In the most ideal scenario, they like cooler weather. So Swiss chard, char will refer to it. Um, however, this is the reason why Ben's a lover of it. It actually survives in, and I'm not talking about your Texas heat necessarily, but it can survive and actually do pretty well in the summer. I've grown chard throughout the summer. Um, I'd say it probably grows lower. This is what my research showed as well. Slower, slower than it does in the winter and the cooler weather and the fall and the spring and so on. Um, so look here. What? Look now. How are you going? Who, who was that? That was you. <laughs> <laughs> how are you going to tell me why I like growing chard? Uh, listen, you told me last. You know. Last week you told me that I took. <laughs> way too long in classic Batavia form at the beginning of these. Now you stop me, right? I'm, I'm stepping all over my words trying to get through it. Let me go. Um, so have, I've never seen um, chard bolt. I've never seen chard get uber bitter. Um, and while the taste of chard is a bit different, you know, than kind of your regular lettuce, uh, definitely different than some of your other greens, I'm going to say that it's not necessarily even bitter in the summer. So I'm going back to the whole when you should grow it. Um, so I'm a fan of it when it comes to even growing it in the summer. It's nice to have. And this is again, this is a quote from you. It's nice to be able to have some type of leafy green in the middle of summer. Yeah. So Amen. you want to add anything more? Yeah, I just want to say that when I did grow it last summer by and it was by accident, let me just be very clear about that. It was almost overshaded. You know, it it got no sun in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. It got, you know, probably 4 hours of sun and it it, it was like Batavia said, it grew really slow mm-hmm. and it was probably because of the amount of sun it got, but it was able to stay cool, so I was able to harvest some off yeah. of it. 
So this year, what I'll do is I'll, I'll I'm going to play around with giving it a little bit more sun. I have different parts of my garden that will get more or less sun mm-hmm. throughout the summer. So I will try and work on that. But I'm like you. I've never seen it bolt. Yeah. So I'm interested. to. I mean, I would like to collect some seeds. So yeah. I'm interested to see how, how it long will it would take. Yeah. Yeah. Or what it takes for it to bolt. Yeah. I mean, because that's not a biennial, right? No, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, um, I haven't heard anything about it being a biennial. So I found that um, the older leaves react more poorly to super cold. So once you get down to freezing temps, the older leaves struggle. They'll kind of go limp and then bounce back, but they won't take repeated freezes. Younger leaves are a little bit more hardy, interestingly enough. Um, so that's what I have on the when you should grow. Um, this is, and again, it's, I'm going to go with, this is similar to beets and lettuce and you can plant it more closely together. So I've been able to direct sow this successfully since it basically can grow throughout the garden season. Um, I, this year started um, uh, seeds indoors, so I'm going to say maybe I started them around eight weeks before my average last frost. Um, so I'm going to put those transplants out once it gets a little bit warmer. Like we're getting close to it since we're kind of like in mid, um, mid-March. And this is one that you can put per square foot gardening rules, which I think it's close to being accurate. Four in a square foot space. I do two in a square foot space. Um, I think the variety too can influence that, which we'll talk about. I think later on in the bonus section. So I do, um, I do three per, actually I do three to four per square mm-hmm. foot. That's what I do. And cause I mean, usually you get a little bit of loss. So yeah. it kind of, you know, the attrition rate will kind of help out, yeah. but that's what I do. But yeah, it is, it is not often, I said it, I don't know that the square foot gardening rules, I think really apply. Mm-hmm. And this one, I feel like it really does. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> companions, Mm-hmm. <sighs> Companion planting. If you want to know more about companion planting, you can check out our episode about companion planting from last year. Whose idea was it but to add it one, to the criteria? Why do we keep? I don't know why we keep on coming back to this. All right, go ahead. What companions? Like, why are companions? we? Why is it even on the list? Yeah, because <laughs> people want to know. Yeah, I guess. And I'm curious too because part of this research isn't just for everybody else. It's part of me because now it's in my notebook forever. I'm I'm, cre- I'm literally creating a library of plant profiles. Good for you. <laughs> I am. Um, so onions and garlic repel insects. Cabbage, um, the roots are shallower, mm. so they won't be competing for water, which is something I never thought of, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I did a broad, instead of listing them all out, a, a broad category for herbs because they attract parasitic wasps. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with what parasitic wasps are, they're not the things that sting you. They are super tiny. They bring in, um, they come in and they basically kill bad bugs. And the one that you would really be familiar with would be your tomato hornworm. They are the ones that leave the little white sacs that then hatch and then feed from the worm on the inside out. Mm-hmm. So they do that. And then um, beans is something that I found that it's just, it's kind of a throwaway. But beans fix nitrogen. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this. The jury's out on that one for me. I'm not completely sold on it. I know everybody's like, what are you talking about? But I'm just, I'm not completely sold on the beans fixing nitrogen. And one of the reasons why is because most of the time what I read were the beans fix the nitrogen after they've been harvested and cut down. And then the roots break down and they have little nodules on them that hold whatever nitrogen we'll just call it nitrogen because i don't know 
And then, so the fact that the beans are alive and growing at the same time, and then also the other fact that beans grow in the summer and chard is primarily mm-hmm. a cool season crop. I smell something fishy here, so I'm just I'm putting it out there. Um, so conversely, instead of companions, let's talk about foes. This is going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, mm. um, but it shouldn't. Sunflowers. Mm. So the roots give off a chemical that inhibits germination and stunts growth. The benefit is, again, it's a cool season crop primarily. So you're usually not growing sunflowers at the same time. And then, I can't ever say this word right, cucurbits, like melons and stuff like that. Um, They can smother chard, obviously. So... Let me let me let me put it to you real simple. It's it gets along with a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. If you're giving me shit like it gets smothered by leaves, like come on, man. Like I'm not, you know, you're looking for something to put down. So what I'm gonna say is chart is a very friendly plant. And while you don't hear a lot of companions, especially when I look at it, there's only three companions that I found that were cool season, but what you need to understand is just because there's not a lot of companions, there's not a lot of foes, which means there's a lot of, you know, chartist Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's <laughs> like, it's just chilling. Yeah. It's happy with everybody. So there's that. So last year I grew in a small bed, uh, planted chart first out, put radishes in that didn't do well, but I think it was timing more than anything. Um, had one or two uh, romaine lettuce in that same bed while chart was growing. Um, and then ultimately through the season, okra was in that bed as well as bush beans, as well as one mm-hmm. pepper plant. Um, so I didn't see any of those plants struggle. Um, so again, for that one year, they did well together. Like you said, they're pretty... Um, pretty easy going i was trying to look at my phone from a couple of years ago i had a bed with all kinds of random things probably from before i knew about companion planting and i put a whole bunch of stuff in um in my chart bed but i can't find it so that's okay <laughs> did you um do you want me to do pests or do you want to do it i have a couple so uh for pests i have um aphids leaf miners slugs i've not seen pests on my chart End sentence. <laughs> so, um, Switzerland. Someone, someone, maybe somewhere is having that. And then um, a word that I'm a cercospora. Mm, I'm gonna go with leaf spot was a disease yeah. that was noted. Um, so it's spell for Cercospora. those. So yeah, for those that are interested, C E R C O S P O R A, leaf spot. Um, and again, yeah. I've seen a little bit of rust sometimes on chard, depending on the season, but um, I've not seen any kind of disease or real pest. I mean, it's a winter, winter chicken dinner for me. Um, yeah. So as we're going through chard, I'm starting to realize why I like it so much. One, everything we've talked about. And two, it was easy to research yeah. because there's not a lot. So there's that. <laughs> it's a friendly um, plant for sure. Yeah. And harvest. So this is an interesting one. Everybody does cut and come again Mm -hmm. for lettuce and stuff like that, like leaf lettuce and and whatnot. But I've come to the determination that in my area, cut and come again won't work well for me at some point because it gets so hot so fast. So it's better to just 
grow ahead, plan ahead, grow ahead, plan ahead in succession so constantly. But because it can take heat, I know, I know that it can take some kind of heat. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a harvest a whole plant type situation. So that's something that's interesting to me. And you just cut the outside leaves, leave enough in it to rejuvenate and feed the roots and it'll grow back. Mm -hmm. But you need to plant enough chard. And that's why you can get four in a square foot. If you take four square feet, you can be harvesting chard every day, you know, two from two plants a day. That's two plants. That's one square foot every two days or three days. And, you, you know, so every week you can be harvesting some. And if you do a little bit more, if you space it out in between, you can have a continuous flow of chard coming in throughout. And depending on what zone you're in, I would I'm going to go on a limb and say zone seven. And eight and nine, you can probably grow chard most of the of the year. Nine would be a stretch in the summer. Six, you can probably grow it throughout most of the year as well until you get those hard freezes. Yeah. But I had mine get hit by hard freeze and it looked like it died and then it came back. Yeah, so I have um I did a, a first day of frost video last year and then I came back after three days of like getting to thirty two degrees Fahrenheit or lower. Um and you could mm-hmm. see the like each day the chart struggled more and more. So like the first day it was, you know, it bounced back after being limp. Second day, and again, the older leaves struggled a bit more. Uh, right now yep. it's like a pancake flat, you know. So for our winter, I'm in zone six, but I continually get freezing temps over and over and over throughout winter. Um, it doesn't survive through the winter. I can't remember if I've seen it come up in the spring. Sometimes I get pretty happy about pulling stuff out. So I don't know if I've seen it like kind of overwinter and come back. Um, and I can't promise that I'm going to leave the yeah. ones I have in the, in the garden now in to see if it happens. So, Well, it's an easy one to start, so it's not a big deal. Easy one to but start. But I imagine under some cover, you can probably get it to go for a, a pretty good one. You know, if you put some thick cover on, I bet you could get it to go for a pretty good while. Mm. The problem is, uh, you know, in a lot of the northern states, it just sometimes it just doesn't even get close to above freezing for days and days and yeah. days and that's that's really tough on a plant so there does have its limitations so once so, so there's the the leaves that freeze so that's one thing right but then once we yeah. get to the point and i haven't pinpointed when it happens but once my ground freezes once the soil freezes it's a wrap for all of that you know so yeah once things thaw early in the spring you know, depending on, again, how hardy the plant is, that root may survive it. And so that's what I'm trying to figure out. Does the charred root survive being completely frozen? Don't know yet. Um, but this is one of my, again, favorites. It was one of the early crops that I direct sowed in my garden when I was playing around with, like, growing from seed. Mm-hmm. Um, big seed, easy to kind of drop in. Um, I think every ver- variety of chard tastes different. It's nuanced, but it's different. So... Ruby red is. I was going to move on a bonus. I'm sorry. I'm fast forwarding. That's my bonus information. No, you're the varieties. Fine. Well, you didn't do uses, so let's just do uses. You can cook it raw. Yep. It, it holds its shape well. Mm-hmm. You or you can cook it raw. What the hell's wrong with me? You can eat it raw. <laughs> it holds its shape well, and then you can also steam the ribs. You can use it just like you would any other green. Mm-hmm. Actually, last night I had a charred salad. Mm-hmm. There was no lettuce or anything. It was charred. It was a little bit thicker leaves, mm-hmm. so it was. It wasn't as overly pleasant, but being wintertime, it was very pleasant, yeah. if that makes any sense. Like it was it was much more 
fulfilling to mm-hmm. eat that salad mm-hmm. than it would be a lettuce salad. But I mean, so it's basically, you know, you can cook it anyway with soups, stews, all that stuff. You gave a Grill it. dinner egg recipe a couple of weeks back, and we talked about using chard as one of the leafy greens as an option. Um, so That's because that's what I pulled out of my garden and used. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to that point, um, my first chard was ruby red and... I probably still have those seeds. Not a fan. Like it's probably as close to earthy as like the beet compared to some of the other right. ones. Um, my absolute favorite, I'm going to recommend it for all, is Ford Hook Chard. Um, it grows giant leaves for me, um, and so we're talking about like as big as Ben's head, giant. Uh, That's a big ass leaf. (laughs) And it's one of those ones that uh, has a very mild taste. So again, some chart can be a bit more earthy is the best way I can have to describe it. Um, It's much closer to like lettuce. Again, not doesn't taste like lettuce, but much closer to lettuce. I am trying peppermint, which I just think is is kind of pretty. I'm hoping it's going to be pretty. Um, and these are basically, basically the ribs of the chart are going to be peppermint uh, or pink, I should say. Um, bright lights, I've that's seen. That's what I, I do. Bright lights, That's what yeah. I do, yeah, bright lights. Yeah, I mostly do bright lights. Actually, this year I did a combination of bright lights and something real neutral. And the reason why I use that terminology is because I solely, I interplant it within my greenhouse for textures, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So like I, like yesterday I took some um, lettuce seedlings, I put it in a pot and then I took some, no, it was ruby red and I put a ruby red chard in and then a bright light. So I put three lettuce, one of each chard, and then there's a kale in there. And then that will just kind of give it a little bit more, you know, just something more pleasing to the eye because just because you're growing food doesn't mean you can't create art. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, textures and colors and stuff like yeah. that. I hope to remember when this episode airs, I came across when I was looking into this, uh, this veggie, I came across like this picture of chard that continued to catch my eye. Like I left it on my screen every time I came back, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. Um, but you said you interplanted for texture. I wrote that down because yeah. that, that, that like that, spoke to me um yeah you know feeding the senses in a different way so good job on that yeah it's a visual i mean you know we want to make it as visually appealing as possible and just play with i mean how many how many um foods have red leaves on them yeah yeah you know what i mean purplish right you know yeah so my last thing is the nutrition portion and so everybody sit down i want you to sit down okay (laughs) Vitamin A, it gives you um, one serving of it, which is a couple. I think I think it's a hundred grams. I don't know what a hundred grams is, but I don't think it's much. Two hundred and fourteen percent of your daily value. Mm-hmm. Vitamin K. This is where you need to sit down. Seven hundred and sixteen percent of your daily value. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's insane. So um, it's interesting to me. I, I, we're running out of time very fast, but as I look at this. And we talk about chard. I don't want to put it up on a pedestal, but I want to highlight a couple things. It grows in cool. It grows in warm. You can put a lot in a square foot. It's very friendly. It doesn't have a lot of pests. It's disease, and it's packed with vitamins. Yeah. Creation is amazing. That's all I got to say. Like, that's amazing to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas you can go to broccoli, 
we won't revisit that. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not hating on broccoli, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you just break it down, there is a difference. Yeah, it's so, chard is not a demanding that. plant. And I think that, you know, to offset some of the things that are hired of higher demand in our garden, and I mean demanding of the gardener, I think we need to have things that are a bit easier. And if they taste good as well yeah. and look good, you know, it's a win, win, win. Beets are easy, but I don't like them, so I don't grow them. Holla. All right, everybody, look. Chard. Stick it in the ground. Throw some nitrogen on it, because as you know, nitrogen creates leaves, and we eat the leaves. Use it for texture. Use it for colors. It's super friendly. We love it. We love you. If you want to be a patron, check out below. Support our podcast. We would love to have you on board with us. Two episodes extra a month for you. And um, Batavia, tell them something real good. See ya. This episode is proudly sponsored by The Garden We Share from North-South Books. It's an inspiring new picture book written by Zoe Tucker and illustrated by Juliana Sweeney, the number one New York Times bestselling illustrator of We Are the Gardeners by Joanna Gaines. This beautiful book celebrates the friendship between a young girl and an elderly woman as they plant seeds in a community garden alongside friends and neighbors, waiting for the seeds to flower. A great gift for all ages on sale spring 2022 at a bookstore near you or online. Please visit northsouth.com for more information. To everything, there is a season in this beautiful book about treasured memories and gardening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.